0: Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multi-millionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is one 888 844-GROW. That's one 844 4769 Long distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urbanski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by a very special returning guest, Iram Saeed. Born into a culture of extreme restrictions for women, Iram went through tragic cycles of loss for almost 20 years. After decades of enduring abuse and financial destruction, she contemplated ending it all. At that lowest point in her life, she discovered the key to unlocking the limitless joy and happiness that is within each of us. Today she's here as the owner and founder of the Telesummit series From Heartache to Joy, which focuses on helping women empower themselves through ancient techniques and cutting-edge healing modalities. This program assists people in releasing their pain, dissolving their fear, and transforming worry and frustration into love, joy, and abundance. From Heartache to Joy was founded in 2012, and in less than four years, it has become an industry leader and has generated multiple seven figures. Iram is also very passionate about helping other women find their genius and their divine gifts, and then use these to start and run successful purpose-driven businesses. So I've asked Iram to come back and join us here today to share what she's learned coming from the U.S. as a Muslim female immigrant with very little to starting growing and operating a multiple seven-figure telesummit empire and helping other women grow their own business as well. So, Iram, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing, my friend? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for having me again, Daryl. It's always great to talk to you. I know. It's felt good for the soul just to catch up before the call started. Yeah. I know. It's been a while. Absolutely. So now – Let's talk a little bit about, like, this is your second interview. So for people listening in, if they really like this, of course, they can check out from com, and they can also go check out our previous interview with Iram. But let's talk a little bit about your background. So do you have any formal, like, business training? Did you go to get an MBA? You know, did your family give you any trade secrets? You know, is there any of that kind of (laughs) give you an edge? No, as I covered, as I
1: talked in the last interview, actually, I – was raised in Pakistan and at that time it's still kind of the same way but it's improved a lot but especially in the 70s and 80s when I grew up girls really didn't pursue any careers and especially in my family that was considered something useless for a girl to actually pursue a professional degree so even though I was smarter than my brothers I got better grades when it came time for me after my college which is year 14 and you know according to the U.S. education system. After that, when I wanted to... Actually, I'd completed my bachelor's, but I wanted to do a, an MBA. That's when my parents said, uh, no, you've done you know 14 years, you've done bachelor's, you don't need to do more, you need to get married now. Mm. So I never did get a professional degree in business, although I really wanted to. And And then life happened. You know, I had to survive on my own after my second divorce and had to learn how to really create my own business and the rest is history Mm,
0: mm, mm. now i love that because a lot of people i mean you've done so well and you're such a leader in the to other females and you're just a leader in the business industry in general but i love that because you hear that over and over and over again sometimes a lot of the people that come from it and it's not to say that education is bad in any way it's amazing but that that wasn't you know that's not the only way. I, we should say to figuring out this game. So, what were some of the biggest challenges for you when you finally did start? You know, blazing your own trail. <laughs> so it was. It's a cash
1: twenty-two, right? It's like some of the things that I because I didn't go to a an education system, quote unquote. So I wasn't taught some of the, the do's and the don'ts, and that can go both ways, right? So if you a lot of times, I really love this saying, what you think you know is actually holding you back. So ah. I didn't know anything. I was just really out there trying different things. I didn't know what the failure rate of new businesses was in, in the industry. I So I just went and I created something and thought it was going to work, and it did work. You know, As you know, Daryl, that when I launched my first Telesummit, that was after my second divorce, I had been in a job. I uh, had been in the lending profession before that for almost ten years, and that was over. That that was in two thousand and nine. So all the banks were shut down. Nobody was lending anymore. So I had no career. I was. I had actually filed for bankruptcy. And um, of course, I was going through my divorce and I mean, two or three lawsuits at the same time that the uh, the bankruptcy case, the divorce case, plus my attorneys had sued me for lack of payment. So you name it, I was going through it. Mm. And at that time, I launched my Telesummit business and I was very hopeful that it was going to succeed. And it did succeed. It was uh, launched in summer of 2012. And then and within eighteen months the business had crossed 18, seven figures in revenues. And little did I know at that time that failure rate of telesummits in this industry was over ninety five percent. So only, you know, a handful of telesummits would succeed. Thank God I didn't know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> because that <laughs> might have affected that might have affected my belief system. I had no clue. I just went ahead and
0: did it and I was passionate about it. So it succeeded and it grew every year since then that's awesome so now why do you think you were in the you know the three percent or so that succeeded like what what was different
1: well I really didn't uh, failure
0: was not an option for me
1: I truly Mm. believe that was one of the most important and and um, uh, probably the key factor because as you and I both know we've studied a lot of a lot of teachers and gurus that teach success. And one of the things they teach is this absolute commitment, yeah. like not taking no for an answer. And my circumstances had dictated that. I literally had invested my bottom dollar on this coaching course that would teach me how to create and launch a tele The course was six months long. I had only three weeks because I really didn't have any funds after that to pay for my my monthly expenses. And I was a single mom of two lovely daughters. So I had no choice uh, but to succeed. So I gave it my all. I remember, Daryl, I uh, disconnected from all of my friends because there were a lot of people that were the naysayers, right? Uh They're well-wishers. But they were like, what? You're going to spend how much money? And Uh that's pretty much all the money you have. And you're going to do what? What is a tele-summit? So you're going to interview people and you're going to make money. Like, So they were very same minded what you would even call your... Yeah, your, even they were talking about logic and how many people have done this and are you kidding me? If people could do this and make money doing what you are saying that you will do, don't you think everybody would be doing it? Yeah. All those things really bring you down and they mess with your mindset. So what I did... Luckily, at that time, I had already gotten, you know, I knew something about the law of attraction and how to make things work and how to keep your energy high. So I basically disconnected from all family and friends, didn't really tell anybody what I was doing, maybe just one or two friends knew. And I said, I'm going to be completely disconnected. I won't be answering phone calls, emails. And I basically, round the clock, I was consuming the content and the information about how to create telesummits, the technology aspect of things, and just just implementing, making things happen. And this was, a, like I said, a six-month course. The minimum they gave us was, like, at best case scenario, you might be able to launch in three months, and I launched it in three weeks. Right. It was never done before. I don't think anybody ever did that again. Yeah, yeah. But it was really this crazy energy that I that would not let me go, and I wouldn't let it go. And like I said, failure just was not an option. Absolute 110% commitment.
0: But yes, that's fantastic. No so problem. to commit. Now, one of my favorite quotes I was when you're saying this was. What did I write down? You say failure from an, it was an option. Oh, I forget now because the alarm. But anyways, so that's so you had no other option. You dove in. You really committed to making it work. Now, what do you think? I love what you said about what you think you know is holding you back. Can you blame yeah. that? Like, yeah. Yeah, because so what we think we know, you know, a lot of how
1: we look at the world, Daryl, the perception of our perception of what we see in the world actually is creating our reality. Now, this can be seen in two different ways. Uh, We know science has proven now that, you know, quantum physicists have proven that human emotion and human uh, um, thought process is actually imprinting. Hmm. on this space of energy around us and creating reality that way. So that's like quantum science and way out there. And for laymen like us, normal everyday people, what that means is when your perception is that of a glass half full, you're going to treat life, you're going to take actions, you're going to move around in a certain way, you know, in the world. And your actions are actually going to then lead to the reality that you are manifesting, right? So we are constantly and consistently creating our own reality. So if you go back to looking at a personality, who are you? So who is Iram? I'm, I'm a, basically a whole mix, a whole lot of thoughts and perceptions, right? That this is how the world is. This is how a business is. This is and what we think we know Who's to say if it's the truth or not, right? Mm-hmm. How do my truth doesn't necessarily have to be your truth? And is there really truly an absolute version of truth? And we all know that the answer to that is no. Right. So whatever we think that we know, we, it can be safely guesstimated um, that there's a lot of other options out there that could be equally true. Yet our brain, our ego our personality wants to hold on to the version of truth that we know to be true, because that's how, you know, the ego defines itself. The ego defines the boundaries of the personality by holding on uh, to these um, perceptions that it, it, it uh, makes you think that they're absolute, but they're not, they're really not. If you look at all the inventions that have been made, all the advancements that have been made, with humankind it's because somebody somewhere thought mm, i think something else is possible That's right. <laughs> you know they questioned what they believed they questioned the status quo and it didn't hold them back anymore yeah I so love it that. really truly is that our what we think we know always holds us back because if we could let that go wow the truth is it's infinite Yep. It's infinite,
0: and there's so much opportunity. Because again, if you even went back 10, 15 years and described what cell phones can do today, people would say that that's insane, oh, oh right? Or Tesla's cars, yeah, exactly. or what SpaceX mm-hmm. is doing. A lot of this stuff. Like you look at even the medical sciences, like stem cell research. Like there's a lot of things that are, people are doing that that seems like magic, but it's very logical to explain now. And I love what you said. So it's like what you think you know is holding you back. But on the flip side, I love how you went into talking about the, how you disconnected from family and friends, or at least you didn't let their opinions influence you because one of my favorite quotes Mm -hmm. is i'm a spiritual man not religious but i still love this quote it says don't expect others to understand your grind when god didn't give them your vision and that's the kind of thing right like when there's Ah, something within you when there's something within you Mm -hmm. that you have to express nobody else understands it because it's not in them so i love that and you you had a passion for telesummits right like in the beginning you were already passionate about the subject matter is that that enabled you or did you develop a passion No, no, it was definitely a passion.
1: And that's actually something, it's very interesting how that whole journey has become something I teach now. At that time, I had learned, you know, having been through such a dark night of the soul, as I mentioned, I was, you know, going through the divorce and the complete destruction of life as I knew it, my career was over, everything was over. And it's it's really like a rebirth. And it's extremely, it is truly the dark night of the soul. And The death of an ego personality is very, very scary. And the only thing, and it was sheer confusion, right? Like you think, I'm a good person. I don't really try to hurt anyone. I don't deliberately do anything wrong or anything bad. Why does this keep happening to me? Because this was uh, not the first cycle of destruction that I was going through. And the only thing that kept me going were these positive messages that I had gotten connected to which are called telesums so they're kind of like these shows online where the host invites different people and they're they're talking about spirituality they're talking about consciousness and and all these messages were not just positive messages but there were also messages of hope because i could kind of begin to understand that okay i can make some sense out of why i'm going through what i've been going through and and how not to go through it again Mm. and i was already implementing some of that stuff the law of attraction was something that really fascinated me at that time and, and i was beginning to manifest and i was like okay i understand this okay my perception is creating my reality i have to work on my perception and and life was beginning to shift. So I was passionate about sharing that message with others that were in similar situations like I had been and were feeling equally confused and not knowing where to turn to. So just like somebody who discovered something for the first time and they think that by having, you know, experienced it for a year or so, now they've mastered it, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's like, yeah, I know, I know about this. <laughs> I wanted to just, you know be at the top of a mountain and scream it to everybody little did I know of course that I had only scratched the surface but but I was very excited and passionate about like sharing that whoever would hear me I used to talk about it I would drive people crazy like oh my god did you know about this there's something called the law of attraction I, I really made people sick of me but yeah that's the talent summit gave me a perfect opportunity because it's like, what, I can talk about this and there would be thousands of people listening to me and I would get paid to do that? Are you kidding
0: me? Right.
1: Wow, sign me up. And so I did that and uh, yeah, and it's been uh, seven
0: years, going on eight years now. That's fantastic. And so how does someone listening to this that says, like, they love your story and they, they want to have their own passion or genius driven business, how do, how do we find our passion? So this is a very interesting thing, Daryl,
1: because there's a lot of stuff out there that teaches you if you follow your passion, just follow your passion, the money will come. Um, And people sometimes do it and money doesn't come, right? And they get very dejected and they get Mm -hmm. very confused. There's a lot of confusion about purpose where people think, okay, purpose needs to be something very serious. It should be very heavy. It should be sacred. You definitely should not be charging money. If you are doing the divine, you know, the work of the divine, if you surrender to the divine, you should definitely not be charging money or you should be, you know. So there's a lot of confusion around purpose, passion, and how to monetize your passion or is it okay? And then what about some of the stuff that we're actually good at? So in my life, what I discovered that really confused me was that there were these things that were my passion. But they changed. Like at one point, I was really passionate about sharing the message about the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not because I know law of attraction is simply the beginning of the conversation, right? It's just the start of the journey. So I'm not really passionate about that anymore. So what happened? It's like, well, aren't your passions supposed to remain the same? The answer is no. Passion is stuff that gets you really excited. You know you're passionate about it right now. This is where you kind of lose track of time. But know that they will change because those are clues from your soul that this is, this is it's like your internal GPS system, right? It's like, eh, okay, getting warmer, getting warmer, really mm-hmm. hot now, you're on the right track. And then if you get away, it's like, eh, yeah, not, I'm not enjoying it, not feeling it, not feeling passionate, I'm really off track. So that's like the internal GPS system. But the passion, and this was a very interesting thing for me, passion might be a clue that leads you to your purpose but it doesn't have to be your purpose. And that's where things become really confusing because here's, let me know if this sounds true for you, Dale, and because this was how it was for me. So there were things that I was passionate about, like talking about the law of attraction and talking about that stuff and about the energy healing stuff. And I was also passionate about helping domestic violence victims and, and, you know, helping them heal. Um, but at the same time, there were things that I was really good at, like I'm really good at sales and marketing. I'm a good salesperson, as, as you know, hopefully, <laughs> uh, having worked with me. I love create. I'm very creative. I love creating new business ideas. So this is what I'm really good at. And then there's stuff that people would pay me for, right? It's, it doesn't necessarily... The, the stuff I was passionate about, for example, helping the domestic violence victims, nobody was going to pay me for that. I was right. just volunteering, and I couldn't really get paid for that. And then, then there's stuff. There's another piece which you know you are born with a gift and the world really needs it. So, so by the world, it could be the people around you, your family or your community. You know that they need it and you have it. You have a gift or a skill that helps people. So you're kind of like jumping. Okay, there's this quadrant. This is what I love doing. Okay, here is what I get paid for. And then here's another thing that I'm really go- good at. This is like my skill set. And then, then here's something that the world needs. So where the heck is my, my purpose in all of this, right? Like, And you become confused and you become kind of dejected because you feel like you're, something is wrong with you. Something is broken because you should be able to figure out your purpose. Uh, that's what the gurus tells us. But... What I found, at least for myself, Daryl, that I was always just hopping in all of these quadrants and not really like, it wasn't connecting the dots because if you are, for example, you could be really great at, let's say, what you're getting paid for because that's what you know, people are willing to pay you for. This is your skill set. But that leaves you feeling empty inside, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's your mission or your passion and that fills you up with delight but you have no money. You know, you can't pay your bills. So you're feeling kind of useless because if you have a family or if you have obligations, you can't take care of them. And that's what I have figured out over the years that, okay, there is an actual exact science to that. And believe it or not, of course, whenever we think, oh, I figured this out, and then you realize, oh, no, <laughs> there was an ancient system, thousands of years old, where they had figured it out way before you did. And I found that this is, there's a really fantastic Japanese system called the Ikigai, and that's mm-hmm. where they basically they take into account all of these different areas that I mentioned. And they, then they have a system, and I have been able to perfect that because of my coaching with you know Chris Atwood who is the, actually the author of The Passion Test, the New York Times bestseller book, uh, along with his ex-wife, Janet Atwood. Mm-hmm. He's been my mentoring coach for five years. So I really learned from him how to determine passion and how to follow your passion. And so now I have this system, uh, which I can actually help guide people through, where we take into account that natural genius zone, because everybody's born with a natural genius, right? It's their gift. It's what comes so easily to you that you can very easily ignore it or not, you know, you can kind of discount it. But other people see it as, uh, wow, this is something that you're so good at. And people might come to you for that. It could be you're a great cook. It could be you just give great advice. You're a great listener. Something, something that you're really good at, but you don't really think it's a big deal because it comes so naturally to you. Mm. And so we take all of those things. I have a couple of tests that I have my clients take so that I can actually, you know, help look at what their natural genius zones are in case they miss it, and then figure out what they love doing, um, what they get paid for, where their skill sets, and then devise a plan so that they can really start living their purpose. And here's the interesting piece, Daryl, that I believe, that when you have these pieces connected where your vocation, your profession, and your passions and all of these are connected, that's that itty-bitty piece which sits right in the middle of all of this stuff, all the puzzle pieces. That's that little piece that sits right in the middle. That is your purpose. And when you are in that zone, the abundance will flow, the people will flow, everything comes into flow. And you are now doing what you love doing, and you are making money, and you are having an impact, and people are grateful for it. That's that magic zone that, that you know, these people had figured out thousands of years ago. And, and by the way, the village where they taught that, Daryl, it's one of the villages, one of those blue zones where mm. people you know, cross 100 years. You know, and I yeah. really believe it's because of this. They, they they don't quit working till the day they die. They're yeah. over a hundred years old and they're still working because it's just not work.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, I love I love yeah. Japan. I think it's probably Okinawa is that blue zone, but it permeates. I think so. Yeah, it, it permeates through Japan. I mean, I love. When I was in Japan last, which was just uh, last year, September into September, I was there for 10 days and I got to hang out with all my old friends from when I was there before. And that concept of mastery, of really being committed, like what we talked about in the beginning, right? Like that that, um, just the commitment, like not even that failure is not an option, but that this is the path. Right. Like it might take a while, like Mm -hmm. the Wright brothers, or, you know, they had to figure out how to, they had years. I think it was like seven years till they finally got their first flying aircraft. You know, Thomas Edison, they say 10,000 failed experiments. till they got a light bulb, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, this is the path I'm on. And when I was in Tokyo, like, uh, two examples. One, I was training at my martial arts school that I, with uh, Hicks and Gracie School when I was there. And one of the guys teaching while I was there was a black belt. He'd been training for 22 years, but the class he taught that day I showed up was like a beginner fundamental that you learn usually in your mm-hmm. first week. And remember, this guy's been doing this for 22 years now. And he's perfectly happy and content and really investing in each student and going into nuanced detail about like a fundamental basic thing you learn your first week. And he was still so passionate yeah. about it, and I loved that. And then later on that day, yeah. I, went, I went for lunch, and I went to, in the neighborhood, Sasazuka, where I used to live, I went to go see Kobayashi-san, which is older guy. He has, like, a little ramen, like a soup shop, right? And I went by to visit him, and he <laughs> was 76 years old, I think. And I remember saying, you know, uh-huh. Kobayashi, how long have you been running? Because I was just watching, like, the the shop run, because it, it was almost like a... It was almost like a dance, like ballet. Like it really was because he, he's he got it like it's like, you know, it's traditional ramen. He's got this big bowl and he's he's making it. And every bowl he makes is so perfect. But one thing that I noticed, Iram, that you could probably appreciate is his business ran on its own. Like the customers came in. He had a very simple menu. You picked what you wanted. He delivered it. The, everybody ate their food. And this was the part that got me interested was that the customers cleaned up their own table, took the dishes to the sink. Mm-hmm. They paid their own mm. bill and made their own change and left and while I was there Love some it. customers came through These couple had just got married they brought all the flowers from their wedding and decorated his restaurant for him this guy this ah. guy was like a tv producer that was just hanging out there just to talk with Kobayashi-san and so I was like Kobayashi how long yeah. have you been doing this you know he's 76 years old yeah. and he said he'd been running this little rest little little <laughs> restaurant he said he'd been running it for 60 years and his father had run it for 30 years before him wow and I just was like wow ah. Like maybe in 23 years, I'll figure yeah. out what I'm doing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that mastery, that do it until it becomes yeah. dull and then do it until it becomes beautiful. I just love that. Yes.
1: Yes. So that is amazing. Now
0: yeah. let's transition. So we talked about how to find your passion and gifts. Now, don't you need a lot of money to start a business? So, yeah, that's very interesting that you I don't... don't. I mean, that's how
1: it happened with me. <laughs> Yep. That I mean, I did need some money, and uh, but it was under ten thousand dollars to pay for that and and get you know the coaching and get all the um, technology piece set up. But you know that's something that I actually in my business now that's one of the most important pieces that I'm very passionate about. As I went along this journey, I discovered that one of my natural gifts is to really not only help people figure out what their purpose is, but then how to monetize it, right? How do you, now that you know this is what you love doing and this is what your purpose is, perhaps, how do you, what do you do to take the next step to start monetizing, it? right? Because otherwise you're, it's not going to be in balance. You're always going to feel unfulfilled because you're not getting money for it. So, um, so there's so many different ways. And with the way the internet is, today's day and environment it really is it should be a no-brainer i mean there are high school kids honestly (laughs) that are Mm -hmm. that are so smart now they are making money online they're figuring out ways how to how to make money and it was so cool i was talking to a friend's son and he's already doing what he loves doing and paying for it by you know having a small online business so it's really really cool there's a lot of ways I think, again, it's what I said earlier. It's what you think you know is holding you back. People just have these preconceived notions what a business should be like. And if it's going to be a seven-figure bigger business or a six-figure business, oh, you're going to need a lot of capital and investments. And da, da, da. If you want to believe that paradigm, then yes. you know, It's one of those things. If you believe that this could be true, then yes. And if you believe that to be true, that's also a yes. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of choice. What do you want to believe in? So, no, it does not take a lot of investment. It does take commitment. So I don't want to say that it's, I teach any get rich quick type of schemes, although I've had uh, students that went through my program that, you know, created six figures within a few months, but, but it takes that grit. Mm -hmm. It takes that commitment to, yes, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And then, yeah, it's, uh, it's absolutely possible.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I think one of YouTube's top income earners last year did $22 million and he's seven years old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Oh, so, my God. Right. What did he
0: do? What well, is he selling? <laughs> look, that has got all sorts of questions. Well, he's not selling anything. He just has videos of him playing videos? with toys. Yeah. But yeah. his parents yeah, were I, smart I enough imagine. to get the videos Put them for ads. sponsored. Yeah and yeah. they're they're doing and you know and then they get youtube revenue i mean there's a lot of different ways to slice it it's again it's what are you passionate about this little boy's passionate about playing with toys and stuff and the parents you know they learned about marketing and sales a little bit and they put two and two together yeah 22 22 million seven years old you know no sweat he's like yeah, <laughs> he's seven years old hey, he's already saving for great. retirement <laughs>
1: yeah I love
0: it. I love it. That's great. So how cool is that? But that's just a perfect example of no one would have thought of that until they figured out. You know, like until they really took it seriously. I mean, the devil's in the detail. They say, right? And it's not. And it's you can think yeah. about it. It's like packing for a trip. Like all in your mind, you plan it out in your mind. But when you actually start putting things in the bag and weighing it to get on the plane, mm-hmm. things get real very quick. And that's where yes. the that's where the challenge is. But that's also where the opportunity lies, right? So I love you talking a little bit about who this is for. Like they have to have grit. They have to have other things. What are other summer traits of your more successful students? So I have become
1: very clear about who it is that I want to coach. As I was telling you earlier, I've created this platform called the Eagle Tribe. So the Eagle Tribe, again, it's basically, it's what I went through. It's a kind of a, the journey that I went through and I want to help those people go through that journey so this is mostly for women and then I always add it's also for conscious men that are in touch with their feminine energy it's very important to understand that because this is not for that alpha male you know get her done kind of energy it's not (laughs) it's it's different you know the way I see it Daryl energies on the planet are shifting the way business is going to be done is going to completely change we are really shifting towards what I call the divine feminine business model, which is not the model of competition. It's not the model of consumerism and capitalism. This is going to be a much more balanced and wholesome model where, you know, there's going to be the elements of, you know, collaboration. And there is enough for everyone so that we don't have to, you know, keep taking and taking and taking. This is going to be about sharing, making sure value is being shared, and so a lot of those qualities that you might say you see in in women, you know, typically that are associated with women, compassion and the ability to show emotion, because here's the thing, Daryl, one of the key reasons that why my business just catapulted the way it catapulted was because I was very transparent. I was very transparent and I was very vulnerable in front of my audience. I told them the truth about my pain, about what I had gone through, and how difficult it was, and how I still hadn't figured things out, but I wanted to put together this tele-summit. What that created, I didn't even know it, I was just being myself, but what that created was one of the most important lessons you learn in this new marketing model is it created trust. I was, I became very real and accessible to these my listeners. And when you have that kind of transparency and people trust you, that's when they're going to do. You know, that's where they're going to buy stuff that you recommend. That's where they're going to uh, do whatever you ask them to do. As you know, as far as buying your products and services is concerned. So that's the new model that is emerging. Remind me what your original question was. I think I just went off on a
0: tangent. <laughs> it's I'm okay. Sorry. It's funny because I, I was writing it all down. I'm a I'm a note taker. I'm a writer downer. So I was writing like divine feminine <laughs> business model balanced and wholesome <laughs> collaboration, sharing, transparent, vulnerable, honest, trustworthy, real. Exce- I was writing all that down. So it was a good rant. Yeah. No, real I was,
1: value
0: exchange. I, I, right. Right. Well, that's what business is about, right? Helping each other. And there's, a, we really are coming out of this old mentality where the only way to have more, as far as we were, our evolution was to take someone else's. That's where colonization comes yeah. from. Yeah. We have all yeah. these tariffs. That's why there's first and third world. There's no second world because the first world stands yeah. on the third world. Right. And the of the third exactly. One. And so this that's what it well, used to be. Oh Exactly. Ahead. And it's again because
1: there was this limited pie yeah. that they perceived there to be, so everybody had to take a piece of that pie. In order for me to take that's a bigger right. piece, I had to take your piece, right? Right. Well No, the pie can be way bigger, guys. It can be way bigger. It can be infinite. Who said that the pie has to be this size? The pie can be as big as the universe.
0: And some of the biggest and most successful entrepreneurs in the world today right now are the ones that are focused on having a smaller percent of that pie but making the pie bigger. Maybe they have 5% of the pie but their Agreed. goal is to only have 1% of that deeper, pie way but, deeper. but make the yeah. pie bigger. Yeah, A 100%. Yes, no, exactly. my question was what are some of the like the habits and the and the personality traits of your oh, more yeah, successful Oh yeah, things? yeah, yeah. The okay. ego tribe. Yeah, who is part of the ego tribe? Yeah.
1: So it's so this is some of this is going to resonate so much with your listeners if they're part of the eagle tribe this is where if you have felt that you were this kind of this outsider this uh, kind of like an outcast that's the word that when i first heard that described from an outcast to a superhero it brought tears to my eyes because i always felt like an outcast growing up later on because i was different i knew i was different and i could never fit in mm. so it's That kind of a woman, especially a woman, but like I said, conscious men also, but they know they are a leader. They were born for some kind of a leadership role. And they've just always felt like an outsider. They felt this deep need to fit in, but they've never been able to fit in. They—it's like they feel like they're a phony amongst all these people because they're trying to—they're pretending to be somebody they're not, or they might have already gotten so tired of pretending they're ready to be who they are, but they just really don't know because again, that whole purpose and passion piece is not figured out. So some of them are are already kind of—they may have created businesses around their purpose, and they want to take it to the next level, and they're. Frustrated Frustrated because they don't know how to do that. Some of my clients are still at the very early stages where they know they are that, you know, they're still in that outcast kind of a, a situation and they want to get to that superhero piece because they know they've got gifts that can impact the world, but they just don't know how to take it to that level. But they know that they're here to have an impact and they connect very deeply with this message that you have to live a life you know, the only way to have it all, the only way to wake up excited every single day of your life is if you are living a purpose-driven life. And that really, really resonates with them. Mm. If I said, you know, that you, oh, you, you can, I can teach you how to live a life where you've got, you know, great houses, great cars, and, you know, houses in different parts of the world. And that message would appeal to a different kind of a personality, and that's not the personality that's part of my tribe. Now, having said that, as you know, Daryl, the kind of success, you know, uh, God has bestowed upon me has been wonderful. I have all kinds of, you know, financial freedom Mm -hmm. and stuff, and I'm very, very grateful for that. So you can have that, but that was never what drove me. What drove me was to be on purpose. And, and, to you know, interestingly for me, making a lot of money was part of my passion as well. Mm-hmm. And I later on understood it was because if I couldn't figure it out for myself, how could I teach it to others, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if I couldn't figure out how to make, you know, seven figures and multiple seven figures, how can I then turn around and, and teach it to others? So that was a part of my passion, Which is not actually purpose, and I realize that now because I'm not very passionate about taking on projects that have a high ticket item attached to that. Although that still excites me, but I will still, you know, I will even take on projects that may not make any money, but I they just they're I'm passionate about them, so Mm -hmm. I'll do it. So that's the characteristics of this eagle tribe. They are leaders. They know they're leaders, and they want to really step into that leadership role so that they can enjoy that true gift of purpose
0: and also have an impact. And so if anyone's heard that and they feel like that's describing them, where do they go to kind of connect with you and your people and spread the Well, the best, yeah, the best way is to go
1: to the com, and they they can connect with us there. The, if they want to email right now, we our support email is really filled with From Heartache to Joy, which is support at from heartache to joy.com. And I guess they could message you. You can always forward yeah, the message yeah, to me. That right. would be another
0: really good way. But yeah, the Eagle tribe.com is,
1: they can also find the Eagle tribe on Facebook.
0: Mm, good, good. And I, I've known Iram for years. I, a lot of my listeners know that most, I would say about 90% of my guests people that I kind of either done business with in some way shape or form I've known them a long time so I mean I have nothing but confidence in Iram I know I've worked with you closely I see how you do business I've seen you we've seen each other in good times and bad and I just yeah Yeah. I wholly recommend anyone that feels that they they might benefit from that to definitely get in touch and I especially love what you just talked about when you're describing the type of person how they're like the outcast from superhero one of my favorite quotes when I was younger because that actually described Mm -hmm. me when I was a kid I kind of was a wanderer like I traveled and hitchhiked and you know I just didn't know I was I was an orphan and I just kind of was trying Mm -hmm. to find myself one of my favorite quotes is better to be myself and be alone than be someone I'm not and be lonely and I really love that because there might be a lot of people that feel that way they're either lonely because they're Mm -hmm. an imposter or they feel like they're alone and this is maybe an opportunity to no longer be alone right or to be able to express and and that's so
1: true that is so true Daryl because i I tell this story, which which um, I think I created it. I, I'm not sure. I might have stolen it from someone. I'm not sure because <laughs> every time I tell the story and I ask people, "Did you ever hear this before?" And they're like, "No, we've never heard it before." So maybe I did create it. But it's the story of um, you know this uh, the nest of this eagle, and one of the eggs rolls down the hilltop and lands into the nest of a duck, and the duck is is also sitting on her eggs and. Once the eggs hatch, all the cute little baby ducklings come out and with all their, you know, cuteness and they look adorable. And and then this egg hatches and out comes the baby eagle that looks quite ugly. And so from the get go, he kind of feels like, oh, my God, I don't really fit in. I'm so different. And they look at him and they ask him like, brother, why do you look so different? You're not even the same color and you're kind of. You know, kind of really big and you've got these long legs and what's going on with you? And so he feels very kind of funny looking and and he's awkward, you know, because they his gait is awkward. And and then when they go hunting for, you know, worms and stuff, the baby ducklings get it. You know, once the mother shows them, they get it. But the eagle is having a hard time. Can't really figure that out. And then they go swimming and can't figure that out either. So he feels very broken. He feels so out of place, feels miserable, like, what the heck? I can't do anything right. And then one day, as they're out, you know, doing their morning walk again, and he's feeling, feeling that loneliness you mentioned, and he they hear this loud screech in the sky. And they all look up, and there's this weird-looking thing in the sky with these big wings and flying, you know, just flying as if it owns the skies. And the baby eagle just looks at that and his heart skips a beat and he just goes, wow, what is that? And all the baby ducklings also look up and they're like, yeah, what is that? And they go, the mama duck goes, well, oh, that's an eagle. And the baby duck goes, uh, the baby eagle goes, What's an eagle? And what is that thing that it's doing? And she goes, "Oh, he's flying." And he goes, "Well, how can I learn how to fly? I want to do that too." And she looks at him and she goes, "Now don't you waste your time with useless thoughts. You're never going to fly. We are ducks. We don't fly. So pay attention to what I'm teaching you and catch yourself some worms and and stop looking up at the sky." And You know, all the baby ducklings listen to their mom and they go back playing what they were doing. And the baby eagle is just still continuously looking up, kind of stealing glances. His heart is still beating so much with excitement. And then I end the story there, Daryl, because everybody wants to know, what's the end? What's the end? Does the the baby eagle discover that it's actually an eagle? Well, that's up to you, right? Mm -hmm. That's up to you. You figure, you decide, are you... Ready to discover that you're an eagle? Or are you going to continue to be an imposter among the baby ducklings? Nothing wrong with that. They're very cute. It's okay. But if you have been feeling that yearning, when you hear about somebody who is a leader, who has created success, who's living on purpose, who's living the life of their dreams, they made it happen, and that makes your heart yearn, and you want to do the same thing, then you know.
0: Then you know that you're an eagle. Hmm. you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. nothing as freeing as the first time you get paid for something that you're passionate about that you want to do exactly as your purpose I, yeah I think all of us remember the first customers we ever got. You probably right you probably remember the first name like mm-hmm. the names of your first few mm-hmm. sales cuz it's just such an empowering yeah. thing. Yeah. You suddenly feel like you have better control of your life. You feel less like a victim, you feel more in control. You feel more like you're able to have an impact and an effect on the world. And mm-hmm. it just it totally changes your perspective. I remember once when I had that experience when I was driving and I felt like I was a snake that it's one of the first times I got paid for doing something that was my passion. And for, like in line with my purpose i felt like i was a snake that had shed its skin and i felt this beam of light mm-hmm. in my core i really did it was a very visceral experience for me so beautiful for, any, for anyone here that's again if any of this has resonated with them go check out the eagletribe.com you can also email support at from to joy.com you can also contact us iram i want to be respectful of your time is there anything i didn't ask you that i should have asked you no, I think, we, I think we covered it quite well. Thank hmm. you so much. This was so much fun, Daryl. It's always so much fun to talk to you. I know. I miss our weekly conversation. So hopefully I will be in touch again soon. Thank you so much for coming back and sharing with our audience. Iram, it's always a blessing and a joy when, we, always when we talk. That's such an honor. I know. So thank, thank you, Thank you Daryl. so much. Such
1: an honor. Thank you so much. Lots of love to you and your listeners.
0: You've reached the end of our interview. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website,